Dragon the Peg is recorded on Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, the Cree, the Oji Cree, the Dakota, and the Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. Welcome to Dragon the Peg, a podcast series exploring the lives and careers of drag performers living in Winnipeg, Canada. My name is Graham Hooson, and I'll be your host. Today's guest is one of our city's most talented, courageous, unbeholden, and interesting drag queens. Just when you think she's about to zig, she zags. When you're expecting a glamorous drag queen, you get a saxophone-playing dinosaur Harley Quinn doing martial arts. I could go on for hours about her, but it's best if you witness her glory on her own terms. So without further ado, please help me welcome a horror of Lady Frances, Lady Quinzar. My name is Lady Quinzar, uh, but others know me as just Quinzar Zwingerman. I'm a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a list somewhere <laughs> yeah you are a lot of things <laughs> yeah <laughs> quinzar thank you so much for being on peg and the peg for the second time you were on queries yeah that one. was so fun thanks was for having it? me yeah I, I had fun i was like good dwelling on yeah it was nice it's it was a good fucking episode i had good memories you had really good perspectives and i'm actually really glad that i got to do queries with you before because oh. now i feel like i have a decent ground to kind of move forward with to get people to know you just even a little bit better. Good. So, Lady Quinzar, with your story, I feel like it's probably pretty important to start all the way at the beginning. Would you agree? It's a very good place to start. There's no other place like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, where were you? Where were you born and raised? Tell me about. Tell me about. I was born here. I'm a Wombay girl, like Saint B. Wow. Back in 1984. Wow. So tell me about tell me about growing up. Tell me about your family. Tell me about tell me about everything. Oh gosh. Um I actually grew up in a pretty good home. Mm-hmm. My parents and my siblings are all very close. There's like n- no family drama, not really. Like little bits here and there, but like compared to a lot of friends I know now, like oh that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. I've always been a weird one, different. You know, they just assumed it was because I was ginger and I was feisty. <laughs> um, but they said they had no idea uh, when I came out. But I guess I just forgot when I was Catwoman, like full red lipstick Catwoman in grade two. In grade two? <laughs> oh yeah. And they were like, they were down with it. Oh, my mom was great. She, I, she was like, "Are you sure? Are you sure you want to wear it?" It's like. Catwoman has red lipstick. I was so <laughs> certain. Um, you needed to get that look down. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> That's a pretty awesome mom move. My mom has been nothing but supportive since I told her. There's never been like, oh, there's been nothing but like, you're my child and love. Like, my mom is the nicest person you ever meet. She's one of those too nice people. Like, mm-hmm. people take advantage of her all the time because she's just too nice. <laughs> That's great. I'm terrible. <laughs> yeah, for for her self, but yeah, she's a healer and a giver, and I'm blessed for my mom. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What else? Like, how far? Um, <laughs> let's go? go up until I want to go up until the point where you found 
the like that program where you kind of started exploring drag before so you I'll give a quick even came synopsis out. to that or something. Sure, like absolutely. That. That's cool. So like, okay, I grew up high school. Was into like all the theater. I was in musical theaters. I was a performer. Always, always a performer. I got. I started piano when I was really young. Got a terrible incident, so I got scared of piano. I tried saxophone one year, and like instantly fell in love with it. Like, I kept on asking for a saxophone every day. My parents gave me one in grade six. I was like, best <laughs> day of my life. I was just in band, and then I had to choose one year between like theater and band, and I choose music. I ended up going to music school at BU. Really? Yeah, I studied music there for seven years. Wow. I originally thought I wanted to do education, but then I hated the like that you have to follow the strict curriculum to teach mm. at high schools and like. Like, this isn't how people learn. Like, you're telling us I learned that that's not how people learn, and you want us to, like, I couldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) And also, like, chalkboard methods. And, like, no, sorry. Mm -hmm. I will rather teach one person who want to be taught. And so I just did, I got into performance. Took a lot of work (laughs) because I wasn't naturally gifted, but (laughs) I worked my ass off, and I got pretty decent at saxophone. And I did a performance major in jazz saxophone. And, Mm I stayed in Brandon for a few years. Um, kind of had some like queer discoveries there, but Brandon's not really a safe place to even think about no. <laughs> that. It's no, it's not exactly that. There's not a huge queer scene. Like, hmm. there's no safe places that I know of. Maybe, maybe because I left. I was there in like 2004 to I left at around 2013. Mm-hmm. I was there for like nine years, and. I mean, I discovered some good things. I started training capoeira there. It's like an <laughs> Afro-Brazilian martial art. I got hard into that. I was martial fun. arts. I've been into martial arts since I was a little kid. I had my black belt in taekwondo when I was eighteen. Holy shit! I then discovered capoeira at a. Gig. I was I was playing this Latino band, and I f- saw this capoeira demonstration. Like, what is that? I need this in my life, and they recognized me, and I started going to their class. It's like the hardest workout you've ever done and they make it was kind of to me it felt like the the jazz the communication of martial art it wasn't like it's the only martial art that came from survival it was, it was made by the you know when the African slaves were brought over by the um, Portuguese it was it's the only martial art that came from survival rather than the country trying to go to war mm. it's really interesting you can't just like go there and learn the martial art and belt up like you have to learn the language, learn the instruments, like the birimbal, the Brazilian instruments. You have to learn Portuguese. You have to, like, it's, you have to learn the culture. And then they become, like, it's like this big family, and it was super fun, and it's not like, oh, I'm trying to fight you to hurt you. We're playing a game. This is a conversation. Like, oh, you spin, I spin light. Like, if you zig instead of dig, yeah, you may get kicked in the face pretty hard, but it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's really, like, it reminded me of the jazz of martial arts. It's really cool. It's just... Like music and capoeira are my two first loves. <laughs> I feel like all of this information is so important and it, so it all, interesting it all to leads people. Up to the, all of my stories and lives and experiences felt like, oh, this is leading up to drag. And then, yeah. like, is this end or is drag leading somewhere else? Like, I have no idea. Because this is all like, this is all such great background information for that's how I can do like cartwheels and like hand weird shit because of like six years of intense capoeira like I went to Brazil to train I went I had really good instructors that just kicked my ass until I (laughs) got good I lost tons of weight like I 
I used to be pretty chubby and I just kept where like I just found something I love to do and I got inspired to do lots of fucking work <laughs> amazing yeah so you came back to Winnipeg 2013 I, yeah I moved whatever messy stuff happened came back to Winnipeg um kind of started feeling finding the queer scene here mm-hmm. was super shy went to my saw my first drag queen at my first pride that I just ended up like I need to go to this I was kind of news kind of admitting stuff to myself and then I met my first drag queen which a year later I found out actually became my drag mother <laughs> we didn't it was, uh, we didn't even know it was crazy. so I know who you're talking yes. about um uh, Thou who shalt not be named, yeah. I presume. <laughs> yeah, it's the the old Pharaoh. Ah, yes, um, pheromones. It was a funny story. Like first drag queen, I like I was in love with everyone I saw. I remember some of the queens that I saw on the stars. Like, oh, that's they're the best things in life. What's who? I'm in love. Let's and then that's when it started. And then I'm like, then I started to like look into getting into clinic. Um, and one of my, I, had, I was like, I want to shop for clothes, but I was terrified. I was scared as shyest. I was, you know, fear of loss can be <laughs> scary. And just, um, I had to get my, one of my girlfriends to come shop with me and pretend we're shopping for my sister. And like, oh, she's about my size. And like, I wouldn't try act, actually try anything on. So I had all these clothes that maybe fit me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I was, and I had a giant beard because I was really hiding back then. Really? Oh, I had a fucking like monster ginger beard. Oh that my I'd, like, god! Twirl into like tentacles and sunshine. That's pretty sick. Uh, it was a good beard, and then I had a good mustache. Well, my first almost since I came out, I think I was six months that I was came out as a mustachioed woman. Um, I honestly felt so much pressure from lots of people to remove it and then hormones made it thinner and I caved and I miss it if I'm gonna be honest I miss my mustache so <laughs> I used to be a mustache queen it was great really? yeah so would you still have your mustache if, if it had hung on there I don't I don't know I don't know like I do love being completely smooth all over and makes me this crazy powerful feeling mm-hmm. um, like a but- seal <laughs> like more a like, dolphin, more like an orca, an orca, <laughs> killer whale, not flattering. Like a dolphin, like a like a like a dolphin, a a sensual <laughs> orca. Yes, slipping through the ocean waves, right? Power, that's yeah. power. And water is my power element. Mm-hmm. So I like water. Um, so, but I do miss the mustache. Looking back at pictures, like I I used for the first couple of times when I did drag, I used it and like rainbow colored it, matched it to my wigs or whatever. It was a fun part. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack in that story. Yes. <laughs> um, and there's so many questions that I want to remember to ask in sequence. But my first question, I guess, was, was you kind of, is, is saying starting your journey like too tacky of a thing to say about the trans experience? No, no. I really. feel like it is. If it's anybody talked to me about my know, journey, you... I'd shoot them. <laughs> it's just me. So, <laughs> so was your process of like coming out as a trans woman was that kind of concurrent to you starting drag? Yeah, I admitted to myself and started playing around and exploring, um, like who I was. I allowed that to myself before I wasn't like I didn't think it was worth it. I didn't think I should do that to everyone that knows me and put that on people. And like I felt so much shame and guilt for this is who I was and you know, fear of losing 
everyone I loved or jobs and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I hid for a long, long time until like I felt better about myself <laughs> and I, I got some self-worth and um, and then I found like that through one of my first trans girlfriends, um, still one of my best friends. Um, she's like, you need to come with me to this place, Sunshine House, until like that. I'm like, oh, what's this? And so I went, and I was determined to go as Quinzar, even though I was terrified. I've only been in the house, and like dressed as me, and so I was like hiding in the back seat on the floor in the van when my friend was driving. Oh my, <laughs> my god! First time. I was that shy. I was like, nobody could see me. I was fucking the shyest little bitch. <laughs> That's um, so funny. I was scared, but was, also so sad. Um, yeah, because I think I might have still had my full beard back then too. Wow. Um, so that's a lot, and some people don't accept that, and I was scared. Um, so we, I hid, and I went to Sunshine House, and I was like, I was just insta-family. Like, everyone just loved me, and I had, I was in I was in some groups, but I couldn't be out. When I did come out in some of the bands I was playing in, I got kicked out. And what year was this? 2016. This is like, everything kind of happened, 20, a lot of shit happened 2016. Uh-huh. Uh, well, 2015 was like when I started like doing stuff about my starting my journey mm-hmm. for myself, and then 2016 is when everything. That's when I found like that. Like in May, I found like that. First, I think it was the first or second time I went. And Levi's like, "So you want to perform in in our drag bingo?" And I just like, "Yes," because <laughs> I'm a performance slut. I'm like, I can play saxophone. I can play. I have all this stuff. Like, yeah, I've always been a performer. I love the stage. I get energy. It gives me life. I get to be honest, and nobody says shit. It's like <laughs> it's really I'm most comfortable on the stage than mm. anywhere else. I know so, that's weird, but no, it's, absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's where I can feel like no one's. I can be me, and no one's gonna be like, you can't do that. Uh, so then I found like that, and they asked me to do a show, and one of my friends did some like really fast <laughs> makeup. I don't even remember what. I, did. It was all a blur, really. I remember feeling the best I've ever felt, though, like performing for my as myself. It's really the first time, second, like the well, second time um, that I went out in public and got to do what I love. And that's how I started doing drag was performing as a woman and like getting that. I didn't. I could just be a drag queen. I didn't have to come out to everyone. It wasn't as scary as like oh, having to be out all the time and. It was definitely a stepping stone, and the more I did it, the more I just got comfortable being Quinzar. Until like this day on August first, and I was just like, I had this really cute blonde wig, and my makeup was on point for like the, probably the first time ever. <laughs> I had straight eyeliners, and I looked at myself in the like, this is me. This is like, this is that's like, <laughs> and then I just got these like scared things, like I can't go back. Like I would rather die, like and go back and ever since then I've just been living as me and that's kind of why I chose the name Quinzar is because the stage version the Lady Quinzar was a, what allowed me to really become myself and as a lot of like everyone does drag for different reasons and for me it was an extension of my true self that I felt I could only present on stage and kind of like the, the, the thing about Superman I'm a super nerd so I'm going to use some <laughs> So other, you know, people dress up as their, as their, like, Batman's really Bruce Wayne, yada, yada, yada. But Superman is actually Superman, and he has to hide the fact that he's, like, his 
a normal day is Clark Kent. That's, I feel like that's kind of how I relate. Like Lady Quinzar is the true me, and I feel I have to hide that in the society. And I'm Quinzar's winger wing every day. And that's <laughs> almost like the normal is the mask, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's one hell of a three years. I think that yeah, it was a crazy year. I I started doing drag. They came out. My daughter was born. Wow, really? <laughs> she was born a month after I came out. Amazing. So yeah. let's. I want to get into Zia. She's a cutie pie. She's a special little bean. I want to <laughs> of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to keep. I want to. I want to stay in that kind of area though. Mm -hmm. Especially because 2016, that was three years ago, mm -hmm. and you were kicked out of the bands that you were in. Yeah. And you were kind of talking on queries, a lot of doors closed for you. Yeah. Which I is felt not a lot that of... long ago. And it was very unex unexpected. I expected the music scene to be more accepting than like other jobs and other stuff. And the first one, when I first came out, it seemed okay. And this is what this seems my reaction. Like everyone just seems like, oh yeah, this is great. We're supportive. But then when it's more than one day or a week, and it's they realize, oh, this is this person. It's like they go back, and I got so like I did a first gig and a photo shoot with the band, and everything seemed okay. But then the next day after the. I was told by the band leader some people in the band had problems with me and I had to dress as a man to continue doing rehearsals and shows with them so so the conga player was comfortable and then I was just um, replaced and they, the they, they started spreading shit about me like oh I didn't learn my music I'm like the fucking band leader didn't know his music as good as I did like this shit like I helped I was one of the founding members I just felt really hurt and it was shitty and you know, I don't get called for subs and stuff. I have one great band that I'm still in. It's like Eastside Jazz Band. It's like an old style big band. A lot of the people I went to university are in it. It's a nice thing. I can still be part of the music scene. But other than that, I have so much any connections. Unless I get my own gig and then I need somebody <laughs> to call. But yeah, the, those doors kind of seem to close pretty hard. Um, like nobody really from my community really reached out to me. I lost like huge part of my identity and community and the music scene was like everything that was like what I was you know I had my side gigs doing whatever but music was my life and then kind of when that course the door closed the drag closed and I thought like okay this is what I can do until but then now it's like this is what I'm doing and I can combine more of my arts into one thing I have more freedom I have more ways to express myself I this is this is much better than what I was doing before <laughs> I do miss like playing with groups but like doing group numbers and collaborators, that's really fun too. Is the band still in existence that kicked you out? I, I'm not sure. I heard they maybe have broke up or they're called after something different now. And it was a uh, Sansa Barossa hmm. transphobic band. <laughs> yeah, I have absolutely no qualms with calling them out yeah, no, live either. on podcast because that's horrific. No, it was bad. But. So you so that was three years ago three fucking mm -hmm. years and mm -hmm. people still think that like the the trans agenda has taken over the world but like <laughs> it's i think that that's so necessary for people to hear that like still trans folks feel so much rejection oh yeah yeah i know so many trans people that just have the hardest time getting a job i had me. the day gig <laughs> i have yeah um and that's 
like they're not allowed to fire me. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> transition that I had, they knew me from before, and so like that's why I probably still have a job because it's hard to find jobs. Yeah, it it really is hard to find jobs when you don't perfectly fit into a gender binary. Cis people do not understand that. It, they cannot comprehend that. No. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world to communicate to them that you can be as qualified and polite and and navigable as possible to cis people. They will it's 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 hard. It's hard work. It's hard fucking work. Yeah. But I'm tired of fighting for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I fought for so much. It's just, sometimes it just gets exhausting. Yeah. You gotta pick your battles. <laughs> mm. But now wait, no, let's stay in twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Zia was born. Zia was born. Baby Zia. I'm a parent. Uh oh. <laughs> You're a mama. I'm a mama. Were were you were you out before or after Zia was born? A month before I was fully out. Wow. So like in our baby pictures I, I'm still I'm presenting as women. I just have a sweet kick ass mustache. <laughs> Zia was looking at old pictures of herself and she's like, Oh, where'd your mustache go? Did you used to be a daddy? <laughs> 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 like, no, I was always your mommy, just sometimes girls have mustaches and beards. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's very cute. So Zia, fucking three years old. I'm swearing up a storm here and I don't normally do that. I think I'm just so full of anger and inspiration. Zia, three years old, mm-hmm. cutest little kid in the world. Mm-hmm. I've had the pleasure of meeting her sometimes at Sunshine House. Yes. She's such a cutie. She is very cute. She has so much sass. <laughs> when she gets home from daycare almost every day, she puts on these little kid high heels and walks around and does her eats her snacks and does her coloring and dances. <laughs> and She sees me getting ready for a show. It's like, I'm going to do my makeup. And she doesn't even let me help her anymore. So I do my own makeup. Wow. It's very Three cute. Three years old. Watch out, world. <laughs> <laughs> She's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia Limehart, watch out. We got a new drag queen. Oh. Youngest drag queen in the city. I'm, I'm already scared. <laughs> <laughs> Quaking. So she... You've also performed with her before. Yeah, I do a lot of kids shows um, or shows that are okay for kids. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's... When I have her and I'm doing a kids show and there's other kids like... I will. I don't feel I have to get a sitter. It's also feel like it's good that more places are open for you know people with parents, and it's okay to have kids around. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the shows we we actually like we'll plan it and like see what's your favorite song. So I'll pick a song she loves, mm-hmm. even though I hate some of them, <laughs> <laughs> but she loves it, so it's good. And we do a, we we do we practice in front of the TV and the video and we do some choreography but then when it comes to the gig and there's people she gets shy <laughs> when it's me and her oh she's the boss she's the sassiest but when she's <laughs> around other people she gets shy and super polite and then she's just on my hip the whole time <laughs> so I'm doing this show and I got a 30 pound daughter throwing her body and sometimes lately she's been letting me put her down so I could do a cartwheel and then she runs to me after I'm done the cartwheel Aww. so we have a couple little things done and it's it's fun. It's fun to share the stage with the one you love the most. <laughs> Amazing. How does she? How does she? God, three years old. I just, I'm, I can't help but be a little bit jealous, because I don't think that I got to experience the queer scene until I was like already an adult. Yeah, and she's I, born and hangs out with scary or 
not so scary drag queens like she likes feather because she hangs out with her sometimes at sunshine house and she did feather let her do her nails once and mm-hmm. now feather's her best friend <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just great to know that there are children out there with queer parents that are like that are there that are existing mm-hmm. because Qu- queer youth like is a great thing <laughs> it's amazing because yeah. like that 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 fear will never be born into her which is so incredible. Mm-hmm. How does so? How does she navigate like the the drag scene? I like she just she's just the boss, and she doesn't. <laughs> sometimes people can't look at her, uh-huh. <laughs> but she loves. Like, if you show her, her nails, if you want to get in good Zia's good side, show her your nails. She loves. She pays very close attention to like awesome nails and. Oh, with she's wearing lipstick, mommy. I want to put on lipstick, <laughs> and Zia's a, Zia could probably teach some of your queens how to put on some lipstick. I yeah. swear, like she can do it in the car suite, bumping with no mirror, and she's got like nice crease. And like, I actually look at her back. Like, how did you do it so good? I'm like a little <laughs> bit jealous because I I can't do it without looking in a mirror. Mm-hmm. She has a free hand, no mirror. Like, sometimes it's good. Well, sometimes it's like halfway down her cheek. <laughs> mommy, fix that. <laughs> <laughs> You kind of said that, like, when, when she saw pictures of you with a mustache, mm-hmm. um, and you said just, like, oh, girls can have mustaches sometimes. Lots she of... just took that in stride. Yeah, that's just, like, how things are, because she's not learning all this. Girls have to be like this. Guys have to be like that. Or there is a gender period. Like, mm-hmm. you're just you, and that's good. She said some funny things, like, oh, when I grow up, I might I might actually be Ariel, and I'll be a mummy, and my baby woman will be Tinkerbell, but not too long, because when it grows big, you can't be Tinkerbell anymore, and <laughs> it has to be Alice or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cute. So a lot of that kind of, like, inborn transphobia and queerphobia that so many, even queer kids, are taught, She's she kind of just dispels and takes queerness in stride yeah she just has two mummies and that's how it is and she'll make you jealous that you don't have two mummies <laughs> actually like fucked up like I love her I love her she comes up the most amazing shit I've ever seen she's so unique she's one of my favorite people ever and I want to say I just love her she's such a good human being I want you all to give it up for Also in the queries episode, mm-hmm. you mentioned how your introduction to the drag scene was also a little bit contentious, both f- like inside and outside the drag scene. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just like thrown into drag. I didn't know what it was. I've, I've seen drag artists at like Pride and that was kind of it um, the year before. Yeah, I, maybe I saw a couple of shows. But I didn't. I didn't know it was about. I never saw like RuPaul's or any of that stuff. I just knew it from the Sunshine Bunch, and they were super supportive. Auntie Levi has been nothing but the best supporter. I just, I don't know where I'd be without her. She's done so much for the community and me, and like giving me space to be me and like. You know, I'm sure she's stuck up for me more than I ever know, and she's just full of love, that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I got a lot of resistance, especially when I did come out as trans, because I was just doing drag, and no one knew I was I was trans female, and so then I got of like, oh, this isn't drag. You're just doing performance art, or this is, you're not really one of us. I got I got that a few times, and 
don't know. <laughs> they kept asking me to. People kept. I kept trying to play shows. Like I just want to perform. I don't really care what you call it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm there to express myself and call it what makes you feel happy. But then, a couple years later, same people coming telling me how much they love my shit. So, really? Oh, yeah. Same people. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you seen a change in the scene now? Yeah. Or I don't know if it's changed in the scene. Uh, definitely, there's more, more you know, trans, non-binary queens, um, more kings, more more variety in drag. There's just royalty instead of just just queens, and that's awesome. Um, it's you know when you say gender expression, but then limit it to the RuPaul's definition of cis men doing women. Like that's not that's not even where it started. If you look back, like the original queens were trans queens and that was the only space and I feel like I can relate cause, a little bit because that's where I got my start and got my comfortable to do that and to come out and like show some respect to those beautiful people that paved the way for us so we can be here mm-hmm. <laughs> right I don't know yeah and no that, so that makes so much sense I feel it's changed a lot I feel it's more inclusive I feel like because of you know the community standing up for for those type of royalty there's maybe those people still have those views but they'll get called out if their voice on it and you also mentioned that you experienced like some kind of discrimination from also the trans community not just the drag oh, yes. community but a lot well a lot of my trans fans are against drag because of the um notion that it is a mockery of women and a mo- like and they're mi- they're making fun of trans people and some of the some yeah like a lot of a lot of trans people that I've said like oh you do drag you know we could, you're really cool and like but that's not right for you trans people to do drag it's like because they have that RuPaul's that you have to do the opposite so if you identify as female maybe you can use drag king mm. but I mean like I'm a, I've been hiding my femity for 31 years like I gotta now let it out more than I can handle. <laughs> like, really, like, I don't know. That's how I feel. Absolutely, as is your prerogative. It seems so strange now trying to put rules on it rather than people mm-hmm. breaking the rules. Well, it used to be like, oh, you don't have lashes, you don't have nails, that's not drag, You're not, you don't have this, that's not drag, and everyone's policing who's drag, but that's like policing art like okay yeah <laughs> okay boomers <laughs> <laughs> okay boomers i hope that's still a meme by the time this comes out it seems like like when i hear those kind of restrictions that seems stranger to me than somebody saying i am doing this because this is what i fucking want to do you know like like if you don't want to be a drag king why would you be a drag king because like because somebody said that that's what you're supposed to do that's confusing yeah and how is that gonna be like honest good art if it's not doing something that you want to share yeah love or passionate about like so many women trans women cis women non-binary people who are assigned female at birth like they all do femme drag because that's just what's the most fun to them Mm -hmm. so why why is that so confusing to people it's weird. I, I'm I'm the one who can't tell you, because <laughs> um, they're dumb. I don't know. They're yeah. Closed off. They're they have what they think the world is, and anything else, dead wrong. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. So I feel like also now is a great chance to talk about your drag style because you just mentioned how you know you've heard like oh, if you're not wearing nails or lashes or jewels that's not drag i have seen you break every single rule in the drag rule book thank you thank you thank you incredible <laughs> reception see no one showed me no rule book so <laughs> i just i don't know i love variety and i love trying something new and doing a new like I'm just an ever-evolving, weird Quinzar thing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, watch out for Lord Raznaku. I think he's going to make an appearance. Oh, my God. There. You think so? Yeah, I think. It was hard. Being drag king was hard because it's like... It was hard for me to be masculine. <laughs> for reference. I was like, it was a painful <laughs> night for me. Like Everyone's like, you're so, so good, so good. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this again. And people like say, you have to do this again. I'm like, well... Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I think I need to do it again because it is difficult and it is challenging. And, like, I do have a masculine side and I should acknowledge that, um, I feel. And I could have fun with it. I have some cool ideas coming up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Watch out for the next drag bingo. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, yes. That's soon? Oh, definitely that soon. I think it's wow. in January. So even as a drag queen, you kind of, like, push those rigid boundaries of, like, mm-hmm. like what's necessarily feminine in the realm of what drag queens are supposed to be. Like, sometimes you're bald. Sometimes you are a dinosaur. Bald is beauty. Absolutely. The evolution. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you have a tail. Sometimes you have wings. Sometimes you have crazy teeth. I always got something. It's always always teeth, wings, almost always kitty ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So where do you find your inspiration for drag? It comes from all different places, but really it just comes from like who I wish I could be every day. Like if I could just be Lady Quinzar at my job everywhere, I probably would. Mm-hmm. If somehow I could do like three hours of makeup before work every day or something, <laughs> like I don't know, I'm comfortable. I mean, even when I'm like cinched up and wearing heels, not comfortable, comfortable. But I'm like, I have no rush to take off my makeup or get undressed or, I don't know. I'm not at all shy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, usually. Sometimes I can be shy, but not usually. <laughs> Even when you're dressed as, like, an alien. Yeah, I'm a little less shy <laughs> when I'm an alien or dinosaur or demon or... And sometimes I go, like, super femme. I just, like, I, I sway from, like, monster to pretty to punk to... Like, I feel like I just w- try to express all of the emotions and so I put everything in one look and... And I usually seem to have a pull if I've done, unless it's Halloween, then it's all <laughs> scary, all weird, all twisted. But like, I usually go like, oh, I did a really like dark, punky, monstery thing last night. Like, let's do something really fluffy and pretty and sparkly this night. And it's like releasing and being honest about different parts that are in me. And then once I've let it out, like, I don't need to do it as much sometimes. I don't know if that makes sense. Absolutely. And different things inspire me. Sometimes I'm really inspired by the track I'm doing, and I just listen to it, listen to it, and that, like, I have no idea what's, what I'm going to do with my makeup. 
and then I just like, hey, I got to, I have to start now because I have to be there soon. So, <laughs> so I just start, and then whatever happens happens. Sometimes I have like, oh, this face with this outfit, what music will match that? And so like, I'll I'll approach it from different things, but it's usual like, there's something that like sparks an idea, and then it just grows from there. From that, whatever the idea is, whether it's a song I'm just really into, whether it's just like a theme for the for that gig or whether it's you know just being super pretty and like going with that or glamorous or monstrous or it's either starts with the music or the look or just what I need to get out how do you how do you make your looks because I feel like a lot of your stuff is handmade uh I'm really good at uh using hot glue and craft foam (laughs) (laughs) um I once you don't need to know how to sew, apparently, because I have hot glued dresses together. Oh yeah. <laughs> I make I I have a lot of experience with cosplay. I'm a super nerd and Really? Oh, I have mm, I have looks that I could use that I haven't even opened boxes to yet. <laughs> wow. Um like for example I did this alien look uh on the last drag bingo and crashed the spaceship and my alien suit was actually an old cosplay I did for the for Nightcrawler from the X-Men. Yeah. So I'm like, this thing has blue tail, three fingers and two toes. Like, how is that not alien-like with an alien face? I don't know. It worked so well. I thought it was Lord Frieza from Dragon Ball. Um, Lord Frieza has different colors. He's he white does. and purple, and I might, like, I want to do Lord Frieza, because please do. Non, non-gender. They, they're, their whole species is... I think they only have, as far as I Yeah, remember, I think they're agender. They're agender species, yeah. He was pretty powerful. Tell you what. Frieza Gold. Oh, my God. What if I did, like... Okay. I see, like, that's where ideas get. Yeah, I'll just do, like, power-up. I've been thinking about that. I've done a Dragon Ball Z look before. For what? What what character? I I did a... Like, it was from a Vegeta cosplay. I had this, like... My hairdresser styled this wig, like, like three feet high, and I made (laughs) old Saiyan armors. And I used it for drag, uh, but I did, like, a femme version of Vegeta. and I don't know. I liked it. Let's do a Dragon Ball number. You can be Frieza. I'll be Android 18. Ooh. I love a good Android 18. Android 18 is awesome. She's incredible. Ooh, and get, like, some, like, big hulky king to be 16 and, like, take oh, off his arm or something. I wish. <laughs> Somebody punch me in the face. <laughs> Wait, wait, let me power up for three minutes. <laughs> That'll be, like, our whole number, just looking at each other powering up. And yeah, going, for 20 episodes. And just making, like, our, like, coming noises. Ha! and smirking at one another from across the stage yeah so you find inspiration from a lot of from a lot of of things like i'm a nerd i like music so like definitely superheroes and like anime and cosplay inspire a lot of my stuff i guess that's not a surprise you have an iron man tattoo in the middle of your chest i do i do it's kind of a central feature in all of your drag looks Mm -hmm. and it actually like helped me i used to have like i was Harry, I used to be a hairy motherfucker. Mm. <laughs> I, uh, and that was like my excuse to like have. I've always wanted this piece. I've always been a huge fan of Iron Man and especially Iron Heart. Obviously, she's like an upgrade Iron Man, but mm-hmm. like the self-made hero that uses what they have to try and help others and whatever. The power source represents, you know, they have. He has this arc reactor that's saving his life. And it's also letting him help others. But if he uses it too much, it poisons and kills him, which is also a reputation of, like, the art that I used, like, 
like that was why I am I I don't know if it, what I would do if I couldn't perform like it's how I express myself it's how I drive myself it's a lot of things and if you don't have a balance like if you don't eat right and work out and spend time with friends and family it's poison you have to have a balance that's, that's what that sounds about what that's that? how you recognize me <laughs> could look an alien or dinosaur yeah, or fembot and but I'll usually have the the arc reactor it's <laughs> happened more than once that I'll be like Quinzar <laughs> is that you yeah underneath the the huge dragon prosthetic yeah <laughs> and then I'm like oh yeah I see the arc reactor yeah. that's that's Quinny so what's up next for Quinzar? Do you have any long-term goals, ambitions, plans? Ugh, I've always wanted to like bring back other forms of my passions into drag. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a few, and if you're if you're out there, uh, royalty who know how to play instruments, I really want to start a drag band. Fuck yeah! And like take turns about like who is doing the number, and we do like live drag shows Amazing. with like a live band. That like instead of making mixes, you like make you can like change original songs or make your own. I don't know. I just have that. I that's something a project I'd love to do. Um, but it would be a group. That's definitely a group effort. That's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, that's something I've always wanted to do. Also, I think I need to get into more like. I might bring back the mustache more, and I think that's where Lord Raznakew <laughs> might come in. You might see some, like, Lord Raznakew Quinzar duets. Wow. Yeah, half and half. I, I've done that once, and I, I think it needs to happen more. <laughs> that's incredible. I also just don't want to limit the songs I want to do, and I feel, yeah, that might be seeing a little more of that. Um Look forward to every Halloween being another Dino Drag installment. I'm already plan, <laughs> planning my next year's. <laughs> Life uh, finds a way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that quote was in my song, too. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's a huge turd. <laughs> Lady Quinzar, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been fun. Till next time or never again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Lady Quinzar for sitting down with me. I am the most excited for you all to hear next week's guest. Unlike most of this season's guests, I went into this interview knowing nearly nothing of his legacy and left the sound booth in awe. To say he influenced the way we navigate gender and politics in drag today would be a complete understatement. For many of my young peers, his legacy may be an absolute mystery and the reasons for his departure from drag. Here's a clip from his episode. You're telling me a queer artist, a queer artist, that my narrative or my art had to be reviewed subjectively by a board of directors for controversy Mm -hmm. and they would give me the approval whether I'd go on stage again and this was after um, I've been performing for more than 10 years yeah and I'm thinking hmm you know and so one of the several reasons why I stopped was I couldn't you know I had the choice of whether to tone down or follow their rules. I would not follow the rules. Thank you so much to Claire Boning of the Near for the lovely intro and outro music. And until next episode, please remember to always tip your local drag performers.
wasn't it Albert Einstein who was like the only thing that I know for certain is that I'm full of shit? Yeah. 